Hey team, Alexis Evans here, and welcome to the first episode of the Fourth and Goal podcast, hosted by yours truly. Every week I'll be going over the highs and lows of the previous week's NFL games. I'll call out the top 10 players of the weekend, the worst team efforts, the most exciting games of the weekend, on and off the field drama, and of course, I'll make my predictions for the next weekend of games. I'm so excited to start this journey with you, and I can't wait to build an awesome community that loves to talk some football. So let's go. All right, first things first, we've got to talk about my top five highlights from week one. Starting with number one, Kyler Murray's pass to DeAndre Hawkins. I'm going to talk about Kyler Murray and the entire Cardinals team a little bit later on in this episode because they had a phenomenal week one. But I want to touch on this particular pass because it really set the tone for the rest of the game. This was a short pass in the first quarter. It was the first touchdown of the game. Hopkins had to reach over a defender and barely got his toes in the end zone for a completed catch. Right out of the gate, Kyler Murray is getting everyone fired up and completely controlling the momentum of this game. Moving on to number two, we're going to go with a Russell Wilson's 69-yard pass to Tyler Lockett. First of all, neither of these players are young. Lockett has been in the league for six years and Wilson 10. They are vets of the game at this point and they're still throwing down like they were drafted yesterday. The Seahawks were at two and 20 yards to go. Wilson threw a bomb and Lockett took it in for his second touchdown of the first half. The first half. We all know that Russell Wilson is a Hall of Famer in the making, and I personally will always put my money on him. All right, moving on to number three, we're going to go with Sam Darnold as he throws to Robbie Anderson with the first Carolina Panthers touchdown of the season. Why is this significant? I don't know if you've been living under a rock. Um, I mean, maybe you have. We've all been in quarantine for a while, but... Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson are both former Jets players connecting for a touchdown against the Jets. (laughs) Now, if you've ever been dumped and you have the opportunity to show off your new boo in front of your ex, take it. That's exactly what they did, and I could not be happier for Darnold and Anderson to make a go of it in Carolina. Congratulations. Moving on to number four. This is the overtime of the Ravens and Raiders game. All right, before we get into this one, full confession, I was at work during most of this game. I was bummed that I was missing it and I would have had to have rewatched the entire game the next day. I got home from work, I turned on the game, and it was less than a minute left of the fourth quarter. Ravens were up 27 and 24. I was surprised because I thought the Ravens were going to have a terrible game due to their extensive injury list. But I was happy because I think Lamar Jackson is a great player and I'm from Denver, so I just automatically hate the Raiders. With seven seconds left in the game, Carr gets his team into field goal range and ties it up to go into overtime. Now, if you saw this overtime, you know what happened next. 
I'm going to dive into it a little bit deeper later on in this podcast, but this is basically what everyone's already calling, quote, the game of the year. All right, and heading on to number five, rounding out my top five highlights of week one, fans are back in the stands. Yes, the fans are back full force, and it was like we had never left. It's obvious that the players were feeding off of the fans' energy in every single game. And let me just say that having actual human beings in the stands is one million times better than cardboard people. So welcome back, fans. All right, now that we've gone over my top five highlights from week one, we're going to go over the weekend's lows. I have three of them for you, and we're going to get started off with the Cleveland Browns punter, Jamie Gillen. This poor guy, he has one job in the game, and what does he do? Tries to catch the ball, it's a botched snap, can't catch it, has butterfingers, shouldn't have had all those butterfingers, <laughs> doesn't end up kicking the ball at all, tries to run the ball like he's their newest running back. <laughs> Special teams coach, come on. You cannot tell me that they don't practice for these kinds of situations. And if they don't, what the heck are they doing? <laughs> to make things worse, one, They are playing the Chiefs in Kansas City, in Arrowhead Stadium, packed full of ruthless fans that are just having the time of their lives watching this poor guy scramble. Two, the punt was already happening on fourth down and 13. The botched snap ended up turning the ball over to the Chiefs on the Browns' 15-yard line. And three... At the time of the punt, the Browns were up 29-27 in the fourth quarter. This mishap completely shifted the momentum back to the Chiefs and ultimately allowed them to score an easy eight-yard touchdown, pushing them to 33-29 over the Browns. The Browns just could not recover and ended up taking the L for week one. All right, moving on to two, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. The Packers were absolutely crushed by the New Orleans Saints with a score of 38-3. This is the Packers. This team usually finishes up their season at 13-3. And when they do lose, I honestly can't recall them ever losing with this large of a margin. What are they doing? Did Rodgers throw the game? Well, we all know what happened with Rodgers during the offseason. We all know that Rodgers spent the last six months floating around with his new fiance, traveling the world, and hosting Jeopardy. When what he should have been doing was attending minicamp, connecting with his new receivers, and honestly, just being the leader that this team needs him to be. Now... You can't say that the controversy of his possible retirement, of him not feeling 
appreciated by the organization or the fact that they drafted his replacement this year has not affected him or his performance. Honestly, I was surprised that he came back this year, let alone back with the Packers. I really don't see it lasting all season, and I'll be very curious to see how they play against the Lions this upcoming weekend. All right, moving on to number three, my last low of the weekend. Uh, It is titled, What Happened to the Atlanta Falcons? Question mark. (laughs) First of all, the Falcons coach, Arthur Smith, took the full blame for the loss, as he should. Matt Ryan and his receivers were making it down the field, but then they would get cold feet in the red zone. They just could not make any red zone completions, which led to zero touchdowns for the game. The only points they had on the board were two field goals. So great job, Young Hoku. You carried the team. (laughs) To be honest, Matt Ryan played eons better than I had predicted. I really didn't have hope that he would make more than 10 completions the whole game, but he actually had 21 completions and threw for 164 passing yards. But he was also sacked three times. Now, I'll go into Jalen Hurts and the Eagles later on, but the Falcons defense just could not hold Jalen Hurts and his offensive weapons. Towards the end of the game, Matt Ryan, this poor man, is trying to make something happen and just keeps getting sacked. If he's not being protected, he cannot make plays. The Falcons are playing the Bucks this week, so Godspeed. <laughs> All right, we are moving on to my top 10 players. My top 10 players of week one. This essentially is a list of amazing quarterbacks. (laughs) The quarterbacks were out to prove something on week one, and boy, did they ever. Starting off with my number one top player, Dak Prescott from the Cowboys. I think it's safe to say that he blew everyone away. And uh, the next day, everyone was talking about Dak and how good the Cowboys looked. No one even cared that they lost. Let's be honest. I'll be the the first person to say that I wasn't sure what his comeback was going to look like. The guy hasn't played for 11 months due to a fractured and dislocated ankle from last October. But he went on to throw 403 yards with 42 completions and three touchdowns. After the game, he said, quote, I feel like a better player than when I left the field last year, unquote. And he sure looked like it. I've always thought that he was a little overrated, to be honest, and that the hype around him was a little inflated. But he proved me wrong on week one, and I'm really excited to see what he's gonna produce for the rest of the season. All right, moving on to my second top player of the week, Jalen Hurts from the Eagles. He is actually the, uh, has the number two most selling jersey in the NFL right now. So congratulations for that after week one. Uh, Jalen Hurts made his starting debut with the Eagles in his second season in the NFL. He looks fresh. The 
Team seems to feed off of his energy. He led his team to a 32-6 victory over the Atlanta Falcons with three touchdowns, throwing for 264 yards with a passer rating of 126.4. Philly seems amped about their new QB, and honestly, they really should be. (laughs) All right, moving on to number three, I have Kyler Murray from the Arizona Cardinals. I mentioned Kyle Murray earlier. He was in my top five highlights. Um, he's a beast. I overlooked him, to be honest with you. I have really not been paying attention for the past two seasons, but trust me, I am paying attention to him now. Uh, Murray completed 21 of his 32 passes for 289 yards and four touchdowns. This, like I said, is his third season with the Cardinals after they drafted him first overall in 2019. He has been the starting quarterback for the past three seasons, and I think it's safe to say that he's looking more comfortable than ever in the Cardinals system. Moving on to my fourth quarterback on this list. Number four, Jameis Winston from the New Orleans Saints. Not only does he give hilarious TV interviews, but he's a really good football player. (laughs) This is Winston's first season starting for the Saints. He spent last season watching and learning from the great Drew Brees. He completed 14 out of 22 attempts and threw for 148 yards with five touchdowns. As Drew Brees was commentating, he said, quote, I guess apparently this is what the Saints have been missing, unquote. Honestly, it made me a little sad because I love Drew Brees. He's just a really good guy. But you know what? You were good too, Drew. You were good too. (laughs) You're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Bronx. All right, moving on to number five. This is um, one of my two non-quarterback picks. So I uh, chose the entire Chiefs defense (laughs) for number five. Of course, the headlines for this game will talk about Patrick Mahomes and there are many offensive weapons. But honestly, this team's defense really pulled through for the team on week one. They went out missing two of their best defensive players. They didn't play with all pro safety and an all and a pro bowl defensive end. And they were like, let's just do this. We got this. We got it. We're the chiefs. You know what they were right. (laughs) They were undermanned on defense, but were able to hold the Browns offense. And in the end, they helped shift the momentum of the game in the fourth quarter. The defense is already said to be the best they've had since Mahomes took the QB position in Kansas City. All right, moving on to number six. This is my favorite one because we are talking about my home team, the Denver Broncos. I am going to be talking about Teddy Bridgewater. I am so excited that this guy is in Denver and that he is just taking over that quarterback position. I am from Denver. Being a Broncos fan is in my blood, so sometimes I will go a little over the top when I talk about the Broncos on this podcast. We're just going to deal with that. All right. (laughs) This is Teddy Bridgewater's first season with the Broncos, and he beat out Drew Locke for the starting position. Not only did he complete 28 out of his 36 passes, he threw for 264 yards with two touchdowns and a week one win. 
I'm not only excited about the numbers he put up, but I'm more excited about his confidence and the energy he has. He already seems like a natural leader for this team. And I think him and Vaughn, his defensive um, opposite, will really take a hold of this team and lead the to lead them to some amazing victories this year. And I'll be right there with them the entire time. <laughs> All right, moving on to number seven, I have Matthew Stafford with his new team, the LA Rams. Um, sheesh, the Rams look really good. I currently live in Los Angeles, and I'll say that I've noticed a lot of mixed reactions to the Stafford Goff trade, um, but he made 20 completions, throwing for 321 yards with three touchdowns. He looked like a completely different quarterback, to be honest with you. This is his 13th season in the league. And honestly, I didn't realize that he had been around for so long. <laughs> but I will say, this was a good trade so far. Um, it looks like this is a good spot for him to be. It looks like the system is working around what he's good at. And from what I've seen so far, this may be the best I've seen Matthew Stafford. So I'm happy for him. All right, moving on to number eight, we're gonna go with the GOAT, TB. Number 12, Tom Brady. <laughs> um, yeah, we get it, you're good. <laughs> this is uh, TB's 22nd season in the league and his second season with the Bucks. His first week one stats consisted of 32 out of 30 completions. He threw for 379 yards with four touchdowns. He's great. <laughs> he makes great commercials, and I can't wait to watch him play for another 20 years. <laughs> All right, moving on to number nine. We've got the Los Angeles Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert. I'm from Denver, like I said, but I actually really like the Chargers organization. I've auditioned for the Charger girls many times, and I just have a soft spot for them in my heart. I also think that Justin Herbert is hilarious. He's just different and just not the same as these other attention-hungry quarterbacks that are in the league, um, and I'm into it. I think he's great. I think he's like, you know, a glass of fresh water. Is that a, is that a term? Not sure. Um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> he got the W for his team on week one with 31 um, out of 47 completions, throwing for 337 yards with one touchdown. And I will say that he's playing the Cowboys this upcoming week, so he'll really need to get his team going to defeat Dak and the boys. So see how that goes. And then moving on to number 10, my last top 10 players. This is not really players. It is the <laughs> Raiders coaching staff. Yes, I said it. The Raiders coaching staff. <laughs> this is a hard one for me to talk about because like I said, I automatically just hate the Raiders because of where I'm from, but I'm going to talk about it because it's needed to be talked about. Um, the move that they took on their last play of the game, they're in overtime, right? We talked about this earlier. They said, okay, let's kick it and just finish this game. Yeah, the next person who scores wins the game. Let's just kick it. Let's just get it done with. They send their kicking team on the field. 
but they send him out late because their kicker wasn't even ready. I don't even, he was off on the other end of the field by the nets, hanging out, helmet not on, not paying attention. So they're late getting onto the field. Since they were late, their tardiness caused a delay of game and cost them five yards. Gruden says, nope, okay, let's just throw it. Let's just throw it. Take the kicking team back off the field, put Carr in, put his weapons in. Let's go. We're just going to do that. We're going to throw it. The Ravens defense is thinking, okay, they're just going to run the ball so they can get back in field goal range. Then they'll kick and blah, blah, Like, that's all. That's what's going to happen. We just got to, you know, stop the run. They're completely caught off guard when Carr snaps the ball, steps back, and throws a long bomb to wide open Zay Jones, where he then casually strolls strolls into the end zone. Um, he was completely alone out there, by the way. The Ravens had no idea. Uh, was this planned? I don't know. Is Gruden truly thinking about 20 steps ahead of everyone else? I don't know. Or was that dumb luck? Or really not sure. Um, but I will say I saw the funniest quote from John Gruden on Instagram. Um, and it said, quote, I felt like I died and woke up and died again. I was like a cat. I had multiple lives tonight. <laughs> that quote alone just kind of puts me on the John Gruden train. <laughs> All right, here we go. Best game of the week, and I actually have two of them. Uh, I have two games for week one. Both games had huge momentum shifts in the fourth quarter or overtime that completely changed the dynamics of the game. First game, Cleveland Browns versus Kansas City. We talked about it earlier. Punter, ugh, sorry. Hopefully it isn't... uh, carry on with you for the rest of the season. Hopefully you just got that bad luck out of the way and you'll have a wonderful rest of your season. Fingers crossed for you. Kansas City won. I think we we knew they were going to win, but we just didn't know how close it was going to be. So congratulations to the Browns for getting that close, to be honest with you. Second game is going to be my Baltimore and Vegas. Uh, we just talked about this, but I will say that... Baltimore really surprised me. I really did not think they had any intention of making that game close, let alone almost winning the game multiple times. Um, We'll have to look at their injury list for next week. So uh, to see if they even have anyone that's going to be able to play. But I will say I was also very surprised that they were even making that a game. So congratulations. Um, but yeah, these four teams all great for their own reasons, and I'm excited to see how they'll fare for week two. All right, here we go. Worst teams of the weekend. Whew. All right, we're going to start with the Detroit Lions. Ah, kind of mentioned the Goff Stafford trade earlier. Um, you know, I watched a lot of this game, and every time I watched the game, I just felt like none of Goff's receivers were touching any of his passes. Like, literally. Like, I don't know if I even saw one completion. And I will say it felt like a miss on both him and his receivers. I didn't feel like it was always like, oh my gosh, those receivers literally have no idea how to catch the ball. It was like, wow, that was Goff. Wow, that was his receiver. Wow, like, 
each one had their own issues. Um, he just they just couldn't connect. Um, the team itself, they were making a lot of technical mistakes that cost them a lot of penalties. Um, Goff did end up completing 38 out of his 57 passes for 338 yards and three touchdowns. So it doesn't actually sound too bad, um, but they did end up losing the game. And like I said, anytime I turn flip the TV back to this game, no one was catching the ball. So they're just going to have to go back to the drawing board on that. Um but multiple drops by his receivers, multiple pick sixes, and, you know, I, wow, I wrote just uninspiring. <laughs> That's a little harsh. <laughs> uninspiring. Um, but Goff and uh, the new head coach, Dan Campbell, both are committed to changing the culture of that organization, and they've both said that it's just going to take time. All right, moving on to my second worst team of the weekend. We're going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. We've already talked in depth about the Falcons and the Packers. The Falcons are playing the Bucks this week. Yikes. They'll need to make some red zone completions and touchdowns to even compete against this team. And they'll have to put up more than field goals on the scoreboard. Fingers crossed for you. All right, moving on to number three, my third worst team of the weekend. Again, a team I've already kind of touched on, the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are playing the, De the Detroit Lions on Monday night. So they're playing Monday night football, prime time. They'll really need to pick it up this week. It'll be detrimentally embarrassing if they can't beat the Lions, especially on Monday night football. So also, fingers crossed for you. Okay, we are heading down to the end of this podcast. Um, I've got a few little side notes here. Um, just a few things I thought about. Um, really just two things I thought about that I saw after week one that I wanted to mention. I saw this crazy fact. I'm sure you all saw it as well. Crazy fact. Trevor Lawrence lost his first regular season game in his entire life on Sunday against the Texans. That goes for high school, college, and pro. I'm literally just giving you a few seconds to let that sink in. <laughs> I think I reread that fact at least five times and was just astonished by that track record. First of all, congratulations to Trevor Lawrence for literally never losing a game um, for a majority of his lifetime. But also, welcome to the pros. It's going to be a little bit more difficult up here, um, but I truly think that this kid's got some talent uh, and he's just going to just needs to take some time to build that confidence up uh, in the league. But I think he's going to be good. Just yeah, take maybe a season or two. Um, and then moving on to Ryan Fitzpatrick, major injury, hip subluxation. Doesn't look good. I am thoroughly saddened by this because I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is just a great human and hilarious. And it upsets me that he gets just like thrown around to all these different teams every season. 
and I was excited for him that he was going to be starting this season. But, you know, maybe it's just not meant to be. Maybe, I, gosh, I don't know. Hopefully he can come back later on this year fully healed and ready to just take that starting position back. Fingers crossed for you, my friend. And last but not least, I heard this being noted on one of the post-game shows, um, and I fully agree with it. I think that the coaches need to rethink their strategy of not playing their starters during the preseason. I honestly thought that the players looked pretty sloppy on week one, and there were a lot of fumbles and a lot of penalties. I am one that's going to be the first person to say that you will lose a game from just penalties. Like, if you're not disciplined enough to not get multiple penalties in a game, we need to go back to the drawing board. We need to like go back to day one football. Like your team should not be losing because they had multiple penalties. Just simple back to the beginning stuff. All right, here we go. These are my predictions for this upcoming week, week two. Um, this is going to be starting with the Thursday night game, September 16th. The New York Giants at the Washington football team. I took Washington for this game. Um, oh, side note, I don't give like points above or below. I just go with who I think is gonna win. I took Washington. Um, one, Washington kept that game pretty close on week one. Um, and the New York Giants played the Broncos and lost terribly. So. I went with Washington. Moving on to Sunday, September 19th, we're starting off with the Raiders at the Steelers. I took the Steelers on that game because the Steelers actually looked pretty good on week one, um, and I'm a Raider hater. All right, moving on to the 49ers at the Eagles. I took the 49ers. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's got a great team this year. I think he's playing pretty good. It's gonna be a close game because Jalen Hurts had week one phenomenal uh, plays. So that's going to be a tight game and it's in Philly. So I don't know. I don't think I can take this back. I'm going to go with who I originally picked the 49ers, but that's going to be a toss up. All right, moving on to the Texans at the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns. I think that they kept that game extremely close, um, on week one. I'm also a fan of Baker Mayfield. So I believe in his energy. I believe in his enthusiasm. I believe in the way that he can rally his team and he makes hilarious commercials. So I'm going with the Browns on that one. Next game is gonna be the Broncos at the Jags. I think you all know who I'm gonna pick on that one. Obviously the Broncos. Um, I will most likely always pick the Broncos every single week. So be prepared. Um, moving on to the Saints at the Panthers. I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. Um, I think the Saints had a great game. The Panthers still are kind of like getting their groove, even though 
Sam Darnold played great and seems like he's like excited to be at a new spot. I think that the Saints had a beyond phenomenal week one and I think they're just going to carry that energy on to week two. So I'm going to go Saints on that one. Next up, we have the Rams at the Colts. Um, I took the Rams. Matthew Stafford played amazing on week one. Um, I think that he is going to, again, same with the Saints, carry that energy on to week two. Uh, he looks like he knows exactly what he's doing. He's look, he looks like he's in a great system. So um, I'm going to go Rams on that one. Next up, we're going to go Bills at the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Bills on this. I actually really like Buffalo. Um, I think I picked Buffalo for almost every single game last season, and I really wanted them to get into the uh, to get into a Super Bowl. I was super pumped when they missed out on that chance last minute. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Josh Allen. I think he is wonderful. I think he's going to grow into an amazing quarterback. So I'm going to go Bills on that one. I'm excited to see that game. It's going to be a good one. Oh, also, I'm not the biggest believer in Tua, so that's probably why as well. Um, next game, we're going to go Patriots at the Jets. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think Mac Jones is a good new rookie quarterback. Um, I think that the Jets still got some stuff to work out with their new quarterback, so it's going to be young baby quarterback against another young baby quarterback. But I'm going to go with the Patriots young baby quarterback instead of the Jets. I just think the Patriots just have a better system overall. Um, moving on, Bengals at the Bears. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, I think that the return of Burrow um, last week completely turned that team around. I think everyone's ex really excited about him being back. He played wonderful. Um, they won that game. So I think, again, the Bengals are going to take that energy from week one, carry it over, um, and defeat the Bears. Moving on to Falcons at the Bucks. I'm going to take the Bucks. I think we all know the Falcons are having a rough go of it so far, and the Bucks are the Bucks, and they've got some great players. They're still on their Super Bowl championship high, which they should be. So I'm going to go Bucks on that one. Moving on to the Vikings at Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Cardinals on this one. Kyler Murray's really got it. He's got the energy. He's got the momentum. And he's going to carry it over. They're in Arizona that uh, this upcoming week. So that's going to be good for them. And I think that uh, Kyler Murray is going to really bring it this entire season, to be honest with you. Moving on to the Titans at the Seahawks. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I tend to usually pick them. Um, I'm just a believer in Russell Wilson. I think he's a great human being. I think he's a great leader. I think he's a great player. He knows what he's doing. He's been in the league for a long time. Um, and I believe. All right. So moving on to the Titans at Seahawks. 
I'm gonna go with the Seahawks on this one. They're in Seattle. Um, and I'm also just a huge Russell Wilson believer. I just think he's a great human being. I think he's a great leader. I think he's a great football player. And I think he's a future Hall of Famer. So he has a great system built around him as well. So I will most likely choose the Seahawks during this season. So I will also pick them for this upcoming week. Moving on, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys um, for the Cowboys at Chargers game. I like the Chargers, I really do. I like Justin Herbert, but the Cowboys just played so well on week one that I think that they're just dying to win a game. Like, I think it was devastating to them that they barely lost that week one game to the Bucks. And so they're just gonna come out fully charged for this game. They're playing at SoFi Stadium. It's a Chargers home opener um, at the new stadium in Inglewood. And I think the Cowboys are just gonna be like, let's do this. They're gonna crush it. I choose the Cowboys. Moving on to the Chiefs at Ravens. I'm gonna go Chiefs on this one. Lamar Jackson played great the other night, even though he had no offensive weapons. Um, but the Chiefs are just a well-rounded team. Uh, they have a phenomenal leader in Patrick Mahomes. And I just really feel like if you have such a good quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, but your team is so good that the next day everyone's actually talking about the defense that's a really scary combo because everyone knows that Patrick Mahomes is amazing already but then everyone's saying wow that defense played really really good not even mentioning Patrick Mahomes you should be scared everyone should be scared <laughs> they're Super Bowl contending all right, and moving on to the last game of week two, Monday night, September 20th, Monday night football prime time. We've got the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. This is gonna be an interesting game. Both of these teams were in my worst teams of week one column, and I ended up taking the Lions for this game because I think even though the Lions lost last week, they showed a little bit more promise than the Packers. I just don't think that Aaron Rodgers is fully bought in. I don't think that he's 100% there. And I think it's very evident. And I think that his team can feel that. So, the leadership is not there. I just don't see them being successful until it is. The Lions, they're building their culture. They're in, you know, they're on their way to doing that. They said themselves it's gonna take some time. Um, but I think they're a little bit more on the positive side of things in the Packers right now. So I'm going to go Detroit Lions, even though it's in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. He's just not fully in it, which makes his team also not fully in it. So, going Lions. All right, that was it. That is a wrap on my first week one 
fourth and goal podcast. I had a blast. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to talk with everyone and to just discuss my thoughts on week one and discuss what's going to happen in week two. I can't wait to watch all the games on week two. And I hope you guys had just as much fun as I did. And we're going to do this again next week. So I will see you there. Until then, let's go NFL. (laughs) That was so cheesy. (laughs) All right. Bye, team.